0: Welcome to Live Your Bloom podcast, where we bring people in who can help us learn new skills about dealing with this time of our life, maybe things that we've been thinking about for a long time, but have always had this wall of fear. And we have somebody on today who's gonna to try to break that down. Uh, her name is Rochelle Dilia, and she is co-founder of the Housing Joint Venture, uh, which is a real estate education and development firm. And she has a PhD, so I'm just going to turn you over to uh, Rochelle. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you? How Very are you? Good.
0: So happy to
1: see you. My, it's my pleasure to be here and speak to the Live Your Bloom community. I'm, I'm excited to chat um, about the new phase in life and really lifestyle design, right? Yeah.
0: That's what it is. And I'm very interested in this topic myself because that's the wonderful thing about podcasts that we can bring on people in which we are interested, uh, possibly things that uh, may have paid more attention to and didn't. So here we are.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I, I, it's my pleasure to be here because I think uh, I, I can serve as almost an evangelist for real estate investing and how it can be used as a tool to really create the life that you want. Um, And I think, you know, you and I were speaking before the segment about how real estate investing as a asset class can be thought of something that's big and scary and expensive, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Uh, Of course, if you have lots of cash and lots of credit, more power to you, it, that will certainly make your journey easier. Um, but I would say that real estate is definitely one of the more forgiving asset classes. And it just, it, it's really open to anyone that has the desire and the will um, to, to build their dreams. And uh, that's certainly been, been our case. Uh, you know, I started investing in real estate when I was a wee girl, only 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a poor college student and I just wanted to uh, to actually build a future. You know, my lifelong dream was to be a bum, and it still is to be a bum, to be honest with you. <laughs> Which is, you know, essentially living life the way that you want to really own your time and own your day. Um, and so, with that in mind,
0: yeah. so you yeah. can still be a bum. Uh, exactly. But don't you have a definition of what that means, but right? At least you'll be a bum who is building residual income. Exactly. While bumming around, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's easier to be a bum when you're well paid. <laughs> it's absolutely easier to be a bum when you're well paid. And so that, you know, that's how I got started just as a, as a student in grad school. Um, and I rented out some spare bedroom of uh, the spare bedroom to my department mates. Um, and it used that money. Honestly, I wish I could tell you I did excellent things with it. I did not. I bought shoes. You're not.
0: Supposed to be 21. <laughs> you're not.
1: I just bought shoes, yeah. but, uh, it got me in the game and in the, in the right mindset. And that for that, I'm incredibly thankful. Yeah. And yeah. as time went on, I, I went on a, I'll call it an eat, pray, love trip, just really trying to find myself and really figure out what would uh, make my heart sing. And on that trip, I was in Portugal, just living in a hotel for the, for the time being. Mm. And I would gotten an email from my property manager that told me I hadn't gotten paid rent. Now, I was literally on the other side of the world. I live in Ohio right now. And so to be on vacation and someone to tell me that I've gotten paid, I was like, oh my goodness, I must have cracked the code at life. How can I get more of this, and how can I purposefully cultivate more of this experience in my lifestyle? And that is honestly how um, real estate became much more of an intentional portion of my life. Mm-hmm. And from there, we just kind of kept going, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's been absolutely a beautiful journey. Um, we've turned. Three hundred thousand to about a portfolio of about three million dollars today. Um, we have properties in four cities in two states, um, and just really grateful, you know, to to now know how to build wealth and really be able to empower other people to do the same.
0: Well, that sounds good. And uh, my my people that listen, uh, we are of all ages, but a lot of us are clearly over forty. Maybe we made the right choices. Maybe we didn't. Uh, maybe we had a very difficult year last year, lost a lot of money uh, and are learning that wouldn't it be nice to have some kind of residual income. So what happens if you are in a, a position of, I don't know, maybe having five hundred or a thousand dollars
1: to begin with? Can someone begin with that small amount of money? It, 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 yes, you can. To be to to be frank, you certainly can. Um, but it will be a trade off of time versus money. Right. So if you have more money then you will need less time in order to start sort of get that momentum going. But if you have a smaller amount of money, then you'll need to find more time. Because essentially, what you'll be looking to do is to get properties that are at a significant discount, or solving a problem for someone. And these are all things that we talk about with our students about how you can purchase properties um, at severe discounts, right? So Mm -hmm. you may not be able to go to high flying California, you might have to come to some of the boring Midwest, (laughs) places like where I am. Um, But I I can certainly tell you, even in 2020 and in 2021, you can still buy properties for $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 free and clear. It's totally possible. But of course, you know, those things take a little bit more time to cultivate um, and to discover. But is it possible? Absolutely. Is it possible even in 2021? Yes, absolutely. It is.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's so good to know. And I I do uh, subscribe to a uh A person who uh, helps people find grants for things. And I often, excuse me, often do see that there are grants available for purchases. It's time consuming to to research them and learn if your state or the state that you want to move to can offer it. But there can be financial help to make those kinds of investments, especially now especially now where we're all trying to get back on our feet. <clears throat> and it could be a wonderful ni- uh, a wonderful time to experience a new normal, even for us that we thought we were so comfortable before. But now we, we feel like, hey, I need a little safety net. What happens if this, this is going to happen again? I, mm-hmm. I have to have a little backup. So that's good to know.
1: And, you know, so I've not used grants before, but I can tell you the thing about real estate is that it's a people business and it's really about problem solving. And one of the one of the areas that we found, I'll call it a niche or an area to really add a lot of value is in the urban core. So basically those inner city neighborhoods. And basically, because there's been a historic lack of investment, it kind of perpetuates a lack of investment. And so people there need quality housing you know, these are good working people that need quality housing, but it's just that stock is not available. There's not a good product for them. And so if you can go in and purchase a property that is going to be much less than its actual, its intrinsic value, uh, which is basically how much the the shingles and the drywall and the wood floors, you know, it, it you can purchase it for less than the sum of the parts. So mm. you're purchasing it at a discount and with a little bit of renovation, a little bit of sweat equity, right? You can make it a place that a family would absolutely love. You get a very healthy return on your investment and you're providing good quality housing to people that tend to not have as many options as they would like to have. And so it really is a win-win scenario. Uh, And, you know, 2020 showed us that Everyone needs a a solid place to live where they can feel comfortable. And, you know, as an investor, when you can get a good return from that, so much the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, speaking of the uh, urban neighborhoods, um, I did most of my teaching in urban neighborhoods. Uh, When I got my degree, I was in Newark. I was in Irvington. I was in... um, the place that is close to my heart, East Orange, and there was a big resurgence of uh, investment in the properties. And as a result, gentrification was a big problem.
1: Yeah, gentrification uh, is a big problem. And you know, for that's one of the reasons why we do what we do is because gentrification for anyone who is not aware, gentrification is where you someone purchases a property, they mm-hmm. renovate it. And then when they sell it, the county Uh, reassesses the property taxes. Mm -hmm. So that when that property is valued at a higher price, the property taxes increase. The problem is that some, let's say the neighbor who may have a a paid off property, they may not be able to afford those new raised property taxes. So that pushes out people that have called this place home. They can no longer afford to keep their home, even Mm -hmm. if they do not even if they no longer have a mortgage on it. So that's gentrification. So mm-hmm. one of the ways that we specifically uh, combat that is that we suggest holding the property for a longer amount of time. So instead of a, like fl- the flipping t- TV shows, like HGTV oh <laughs> and my all that shows, right? They're, those shows. they're so good to watch, but <laughs> you know, it does support gentrification because you're selling the property in rapid, in rapid succession. Right. But if you do a purchase renovate to rent model, then you get that vibrancy of new residents into the area, but you're not, you're not trading the property. So it's not reassessing those property taxes at the same rate, right? So property taxes still are reassessed on a typically a, a, a triennial or every three-year basis, but it's going to be different than, than fully selling the property, right? I see. Yeah. And so that just really allows everyone to benefit from the re, from the revitalization, but less casualty.
0: So it is time, uh, definitely a lot of time. It is an investment of mm-hmm. uh, money, but w- you're always looking for the, the le- least expensive way of investing. Yeah. And uh, certainly I would think uh, you need a team of people. Uh, you'd have to know who you're going to use to renovate. Um, this is, Who's that? Nicole on uh, HGTV. Yes, Nicole Curtis, love her. (laughs) In my next life, I am coming back as a person renovating uh, unsellable houses and getting their HUD houses. She gets them at a a really an amazing price. Mm -hmm. She figures out the money. She invests. She makes a little bit of money, but her heart's in the right place because she actually wants to sell to a family that will love that house.
1: Exactly. uh,
0: I just think that's just beautiful.
1: Uh, I totally love everything that she's doing. And I would say we are the rental version of her. Um, I'm sitting to you now in a 1920s historic home in, in Ohio. Yeah. And, I, you know, the crown molding, the hardwood floors, yes, uh, yes. the pocket doors. It's all swoon worthy, honestly. Yeah. And to think that these properties are just well, a lot of times they've left been left vacant. Um, they are still left um, unrenovated from the 2008 Great Recession. So unfortunately, a lot of people were hurt there and they had to walk away from these properties. Yeah. And they a lot of times, you know, even here we are, what, 15 years later, they have not um, they've not been put back on the on the market. So yeah. everybody loses. Right. It's an eyesore in the community. The yeah. county does not get the property taxes and then people don't get a quality place to live. So it, it doesn't do anyone any good.
0: Right. Right. And, and you need something that, you know, I I always believe it's great to dream, but but anticipate what your budget is and, um, you know, not necessarily live within your means, definitely work up to your means, become a little higher, Mm -hmm. but if you're going all out to get that dream home, that is perfect. And it's going to make life difficult for you to pay for. And the mortgage is going to become impossible to keep up with. Um, uh, I was going to ask you something when you said, um, you rented out to someone, uh, But am I wrong in thinking that not everybody can just rent a room to to someone to uh, uh, don't you is
1: there a legality there? Um, it depends on your state, but typically when it's an owner-occupant, so basically you're living in the property, it's no issue. Um, now, if you are renting, if you are a renter yourself yeah. and you are essentially subletting a bedroom, and that's where you would get into lease violations and things like that. Okay. But typically, as you are owning the property and allowing someone to rent a bedroom, more like a long-term be- bedroom type of rental, that yep. should be fine. Now, I will tell you that with the rise of Airbnb, there have been a lot of new regulations, particularly as it relates to short-term rentals, so definitely check your local uh, regulations before doing any of that sort of thing. Um, I did want to mention something else that you were talking about. You know, yeah. a lot of people can get. Um, I think you were mentioning basically house poor, buying too much property for their budget. Right. And, yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that I would ask your audience to consider is, you know, yes, we all want creature comforts that makes us feel good, uh, but if you are willing to make a, I'll call it a countercultural decision. So, for example, instead of buying one $300,000 house, you can buy, let's say, 10 $30,000 houses. It's the same amount of equity or buying power. Mm -hmm. But because you now, let's say you live in one of those $30,000 houses and then rent out the other nine, now Mm -hmm. you're getting so much more income for the same net capital. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Oh, and I do. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be a $30,000 house. Let's say you get a 60000 you know, whatever, whatever kind of iteration works for you. But if you're willing to, let's say, live a little bit, maybe slightly less comfortable than you want, mm-hmm. um, but you can spread out that that same buying power, there's some creative things that you can do um, for that same capital outlay to really mm-hmm. have more coming in that's, than what is going out.
0: That sounds really good. Yeah, that's good it's sort of like a future possibility if the creature comforts are still so important to you. But on the other hand, you could, I'm, I'm a lover of classic homes. I love, I love what you love, the, the crown moldings, all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. And, um, and for me, what I, um, I talk with uh, my community about is just, you know, your peace and your fulfillment is in you. It's in you. If it's coming from your external uh, environment or from something else or from the need to purchase this or that in order to fill that gap, that's just short lived because Mm -hmm. everything eventually comes down to just being a thing. Yes. yes, I'm a musician and I will take my money, go out and buy a new microphone and a new this, new that. <laughs> but that's still uh, that's just the nature of the game. And it's still just a means for me to continue to express myself. Yeah. But I have lived in the same small place for quite a while. You can see it's a little crowded in here. I have to carve out my little corners. Uh but it's okay. It's not, I, that to me is creature comfort because I'm doing what
1: I want to do. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you can find passion in a lot of things, you know, for me, I I think I mentioned to you when we last spoke, you know, when, when you, as you grow, the vision can become more clear, you know, and for for at least in my story, you know, like I said, so we started buying some properties and um, I had a small apartment complex that I purchased when I was in, I would say late twenties. And, It was previously an eyesore in the community and we basically renovated it and put it back on the market. And I remember coming to it after everyone had moved in and, you know, it was full community hustle bustle. I went over there on a Saturday afternoon just to run an errand and everyone was doing totally normal things. The children were playing in the backyard. The moms were scolding them. Of course, the dads were washing cards. Everyone, no one was paying me any attention, but I realized, wow, this is an entire community, a community that would not have existed if I hadn't taken, I'm going to call it the leap to do that. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, you know, real estate really transitioned from just being numbers on a balance sheet to a really a way to impact people's lives, because this Mm -hmm. is where people's lives happen. You know, there's nothing more intimate than your home. And to Mm -hmm. be a housing provider just feels so it feels good to be a contributing member of society. And yes, you know, it has to be profitable. I am all for profit, because for profit means you are for progress. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, But value for value, I I think there's something very beautiful of being almost a stalwart in a community and knowing that you're really providing something quality um, that people can enjoy and and live.
0: Very good point, very good point. Again, giving back to the community, which is also something that can be very, very fulfilling, fulfilling to the community and fulfilling to yourself. when I actually toyed around with getting into this whole flip thing, you know, but my music really takes all my time. And uh, uh, so at this point in my life, I wouldn't physically be able to go in and, and be Nicole. I can't be Nicole. She's just crazy. You know, she's <laughs> up on the, she's down in the basement with the cement coming in. And I'm like, look at this girl. That's not me. So I would,
1: and, and just so petite. Oh, yeah, so petite. Yes. So, yeah. I don't think I I'm much bigger that. than her. I'm, I'm yeah. five, three and 110 pounds soaking wet. So she and I are pretty similar.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and uh, but it's joyful to her. You can see that she's very she's filled with joy when she does it. That is That's clearly clear. her purpose. Some people will be retiring and be looking for new purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that some people have uh, done work on houses and actually had the workmen living right there while they're doing it. You know, you mm-hmm. find ways of compensating. Mm-hmm. Um so say, uh, the, say we have somebody who's very interested in exploring this topic, people who are living the sequel of their lives. Okay. Yes, yes. We have built up walls of fear about certain things. Yes. If we haven't been doing it our whole life, investment in the in the stock market, investment Mm -hmm. in properties, uh, flipping houses, buying new houses, all of that stuff. Um, So where do we start to start to tear that wall down and uh, actually believe that my little $500 or $1,000 that I have scraped together can actually grow into more and I may find a new purpose while doing it?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Excellent question. You know, I would say start with the dream. You know, and I know that sounds cliche, but honestly, it is. You can have anything that you want. And honestly, it is all possible. I, I, I tell you that from the depths of my soul. That is the truth. There is when I started, there's no reason, no way I would believe I would have as much as I do today, um, have grown as large as we have or be able to impact the number of lives that we have. Mm-hmm. So even if you're starting with something small, it's about being a good steward of the money that you do have and being wise with that. So how, you know, and maybe you don't necessarily begin with owning property, but you can do something that's real estate related. So one of the easiest ways that I I think is underappreciated to get, quote unquote, into real estate is to become a home inspector. It costs, honestly, less than two thousand dollars to get all the education, the marketing, everything. Hmm. You're, You're totally certified. Now you can partner with realtors. You can do direct marketing. Each home inspection is about five hundred dollars, so that means after four of them, you get you've been repaid all of your investment, Mm. and you're literally earning money as you learn. Yeah, and I can't think of a better way to really almost monetize your education than that. Uh, It it's it's a very low cost to entry. It's less than six months. I, I think the the coursework is honestly about eight weeks of coursework, and you can honestly get more comfortable with being in houses in and out of them and really what a quote-unquote good property is versus a quote-unquote bad property and it allows you to build up your your funds and your reserves and then you can get into actual ownership you know if that's something that you choose to do
0: and knowledge is always empowering and brings self-esteem oh certainly that's one it does. of the main things that starts you start to take the bricks down when you start to fill yourself mm-hmm. with the knowledge which is which is what we would tell our children or our grandchildren, <laughs> wouldn't we tell yes. them that? You yes. You know, you see a child. I'm always sensitive to when I was a teacher to the children that had that low self-esteem, and mm-hmm. and what do you do? You know, you steer them towards something that they can they can achieve, and just watch them start to walk taller and stand. Mm-hmm. Change your life, you know. Momentum
1: um, builds on momentum. It's Honestly, a dream. Yes.
0: That's a great statement. It starts with the dream. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. I'll even give you another uh, cheat code, you know, since you mentioned grants. You know, when I started, I again, I was a schoolgirl, so I did not have a lot of money. I was literally living off of a graduate school stipend. And the city I lived in, they gave the forgivable loan um, to help low income persons get into that first property. And I took advantage of that. So basically how it worked, and again, I was in Austin, Texas at the time, so it will depend on your local area if it's a forgivable loan versus a grant or how it's particularly structured. Mm -hmm. Um, But typically you take a home buyer education course and then they will give you a certain amount either towards your down payment or pay the entire amount in full. For mine, they gave me $10,000 towards that down payment.
0: (laughs) I think those opportunities are still available just because I I know some people who have Mm -hmm. tapped into it. Uh, And like you say- uh, they may not be the dream home, but some of them are quite nice in, yep. in different uh, uh, locations with a lot of property. And I know really? a lot of these big uh, McMansions don't, are interested in property, but I'm a girl who likes my barbecue, my bocce ball court. <laughs> you know, I like all that. My garden. So yes. that, that's where I'm at, you know. So
1: you obviously have your real estate license. No, so I'm not a realtor. Oh. I'm, I'm not a realtor. So I so I, 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 if you want to, like, actually purchase a property, I am not that person. So okay. we are purely investors. So we help people build their own real estate investing business plan because, oh. you know, again, anybody can have cash and credit and just go out and buy houses. Yeah. But that's really not where they falter. Where they falter is how do I what do I do next? How do I make decisions that are not based on emotion? How do I actually grow a portfolio and things like that? Yeah. So I have an insurance license because we obviously are helping people with finances, and so it helps us look at their full financial portfolio. Um, but no, I'm not a I'm not a real estate salesperson. Well, listen, I have posted your link on the page. But perhaps
0: you can give people just verbally your email maybe so they can contact you because you offer certain uh, educational training packages. Do you not?
1: Yes, absolutely. We do. Certainly we do. Um, You can certainly reach out to me on LinkedIn. So Rochelle Dilia at LinkedIn. I'm happy to have a conversation there. Um, My email address, of course, is Rochelle. That's R-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at housingjv.com. And of course, if you're interested in learning more about how we help investors to really grow portfolio because it's a, not just about getting in the game it's also about how do you build a portfolio that's going to support your life just go to housingjv.com forward slash boot and that will tell you all about our boot camp and how we help investors um, and we offer literally hold your hand step by step mm. coaching and consulting and
0: I want to thank you so much for coming on. I hope uh, our listeners got as much out of you as I did. I feel like a couple of those bricks came down. <laughs> so right there.
1: Wonderful. A little bit of the fear coming down. Yeah. Little by little. Just allow yourself to be open to the yeah. possibilities. Yeah. I know I'm a little woo-woo. <laughs> uh, well,
0: no, you're, up to, I, you're, you're obviously that you live in your bloom. And yes. that's what I like. Those are the kind of people I like to bring. You found your passion. You're living in yes. your home. You may have other things you want to do down the road mm-hmm. uh, and approach it with the same kind of conviction and methodical plan. Uh, you start exactly. here, you go there. It's the same thing as you, you start playing piano and you, you're, you're happy when you can play jingle bells. But if you stick with it after a couple of years, you're going to be playing some pretty meaningful music. And aren't you going to be better off for it? Oh, thanks again for coming. Uh, I found it very valuable and be well. Thank you so much. It's
1: been my pleasure. Have a great one. You too.